gentlemen, you don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. Hello and welcome to the Talent Podcast, podcast brought to you by The Wheel. I'm your host, Adam Hess, and with me as always, Mike Christian Horner-Regan, because uh, of the way you look, not because you have any accusations of sexual scandals. I don't even know who Christian Horner is, brother, so. You drink a Red Bull, so. Oh, uh, okay. Hey, when was the last time The Wheel actually made an appearance on this fucking bullshit podcast? I don't know why you got to call out the gimmicks, all right? We're trying to rope people in here. They're, they're waiting right, for The well. Wheel. They're waiting with bated breath. They've been waiting for... 20 weeks now for the wheel. Once football season ends, if the wheel doesn't come back, I'm out. I'm taking my <laughs> half of the company, my 49%, because you strong-armed me and getting a 51. I'm gone. All right. Then you fucking start producing the podcast, Mr. Wheel over there. I'm going to start a website called Talent All By Itself. <laughs> Very catchy. Yes. <laughs> Much easier to remember than Talent Alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How you doing today, Mike? Oh, I'm doing all right, you know. We're striving and surviving out here, brother. Can't complain. You uh you you still feeling a little upset about SmackDown or are you you getting over it? Uh no. I'm much more over that and looking paying much more attention to the allegations towards Vince McMahon cuz that in hindsight, I feel bad that I got so worked up about the SmackDown thing cuz the really more important story related to WWE is the Vince McMahon allegations. But funny enough, I know we have to keep this part short and get into the the show's actually supposed to be about. But I was thinking the other day and I was like, this may not be bad. Like, Cody, do you want to like hoist like the title up at WrestleMania 40 in this big moment right now? <laughs> like considering what's going on, maybe you're lucky you're dodging a bullet here. I'm Until sure if like, you ask Cody Rhodes that, he would say yes very much. Yeah, probably. But. So, I, you know, The Rock's going to save the company. There's, I don't know what you're so upset about. Well, it's he's so gonna, funny. He's, he's going to come in. He's going to be the guy that beats up Vince McMahon. It's so funny because the, the tuna, which is my nickname for Dave Meltzer, because he's the tuna Meltzer, <laughs> is saying that when The Rock, like, signed on to be a part of the on the board for TKO, Part of the agreement was he would get the WrestleMania main event. And he's saying that like that was above like Triple H's head. Like the only people who really know were Ari Emanuel, who's his agent, and then Nick Khan, who he's super tight with. Wait, Ari Emanuel is his agent and is like a co owner of TKO? Yeah. Or he's like the president of it or something like that. And so he frames it as like no one in WWE creative knew. So they went through with their plans, had Cody win the rumble. <laughs> and then it was like, Oh, by the way, we promised the spot to the rock. Once again, it's Meltzer. Take it with a grain of salt. But cause he went on this long spiel and once again, ended it with like, I mean, you know, it's, it's pro wrestling. So things could change. <laughs> there you go. Well, just like the NFL where things can change at any moment. Mm-hmm. Is that a clean segue? Beautiful segue. Thanks. It's Super Bowl week, brother. Woo. You did not sound excited. That was such I, a half-assed am, woo. If uh, Ric Flair did that, you'd ask for your money back. Yeah. I'm so, uh, speaking of allegations, now, um, I am like so not looking forward to the Super Bowl just because of the participants. So it's unfortunate. You don't find yourself rooting for the 49ers because of your hatred for the Chiefs? It's so hard to decide because I just want this Purdy thing to end so bad. Root for a defensive player. Be like a big Nick Bosa guy. Eh, well, he's a Trump. He's a Trump voter. Be a big Fred Warner guy. You know, I probably will root for the Niners because, like, he got him to the playoffs. So obviously, Purdy's still their guy. One game's not going to end that. And also, we saw Nick Foles win a fucking Super Bowl and then turn into like a terrible QB. So that could still happen. I could still get what I want. Along with the Chiefs not winning. And Joe yeah. Flacco. And Peyton Manning, who won the Super Bowl as a terrible QB. Yeah, and then he retired. He was smart. <laughs> Went out strong. And now fucking Peyton Manning's trying to be the Charles Barkley of football. Fucking he's on my he's on my television more often than any other NFL player. Speaking of QBs winning Super Bowls, uh the winningest one 
do you see Tom Brady like I guess signed on to I be uh, about Kurt Warner? No, not the winningest. Does not have the most Super Bowls. Are you sure um, about that? Have you counted? Positive, because he actually has zero. Is what it means um, so far. Uh, so far, he can make a comeback. Uh, he signed. Where was it? Was it Fox? He signed on somewhere to be a play-by-play yeah, guy. He's the number one. Uh, you talking about Brady? Yeah, yeah. He's the number one guy at Fox. He's taken. He's not play-by-play. He's color. He's taken Greg Olson's seat. That's why. Yeah, I don't like Greg Olson, so I'm kind of cool with that. You're the only person on earth who doesn't like Greg Olson, by the way. His just his cadence and how he talks, I just, it gets on my nerves. I like that he's uh, really good at color commentary and does a good job of explaining how football works. That's what I really appreciate about Greg Olson. Speaking of media people, did you know that Logan Paulson still works for your team? He was at the he was covering the the Senior Bowl for your for you guys. That cannot be true. What is Pretty with good. what is with the Commanders and tight ends? Because you know who does the radio show? Like the the daily syndicated radio show in DC? Mm-hmm. Fucking Chris Cooley. Oh yeah. It's just what's what's with my team in tight ends? Is Jordan good- Reed gonna get some kind of post contract <laughs> where he's gonna come work for the team? Uh and hopefully he has a speech about the dangers of concussions because I feel yeah, like he had twenty of them. <laughs> Poor guy. He's gonna, he's gonna show up in the Wes Welker helmet. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. So you got any quick thoughts on Tom Brady snatching a job away from another old white guy like he did when he first came in the league? I know it's so tragic, white on white violence that really tears apart America, but um surprising because I thought he wouldn't do something like that. So Yeah, I kind of thought he was going to have the LeBron James career arc where he was just going to mm-hmm. go like own a fucking team and be super rich and make movies and stuff. Instead, he's like, what if I go do color commentary for two years? Yeah. It feels like a downgrade, doesn't it? Like Tony Romo ste- stepping into the booth, it was like, oh, this is great. Tony Romo getting in front of people in a way we never thought he would. For somehow, though, mm-hmm. Tom Brady, same thing with Greg Olson. Greg Olson stepping in the booth, I'm like, this is great. Tom Brady stepping in the booth, I'm like, you need money? What's uh, yeah. What's the deal there, bud? Like, what did Giselle take in the divorce that we don't know about? <laughs> um, I thought if you asked me what's more likely, Brady does commentary or Brady kind of like ends up in Hollywood, I would have said Hollywood. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I mean, it's not that far from Tampa. It's like just a little bit up the coast. That was a Hollywood, Florida joke for you at home. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mike, you want to talk about the... The the big game, I fucking hate when commercials do that. I know this is going to be such a sidetracky podcast, but mm-hmm. I hate the commercials that don't get the right or like the rights to say the Super Bowl are like the big game. Just don't fucking advertise about football. How about that? They should kind of be missing out. They didn't advertise about football this time of year. Oh god, it's so annoying when they're like, "Are you ready for the big game? How much does it cost to say Super Bowl, dude?" Probably a lot, knowing the NFL. Do you think they could get away with it if they were like the big bowl game, the bowl that is super? <laughs> If you put awesome in the middle, can you go with it? Like the super awesome bowl. <laughs> oh, that'd be such great cross promotion for Chipotle. Oh yeah. <laughs> Order our new super awesome bowl with an extra side of Ebola. What if you just move around the letters? Like what if you call it the su- superb owl? You could be on something. <laughs> Down alone, the official superb owl podcast. <laughs> You can say Super Bowl have, on podcast, though, right? Yeah, do we it's have to pay the NFL? We've said Super Bowl like 16 times already this podcast. Yeah. I feel like I've seen a lot of podcasts pop in my feed this week that are like Super Bowl bets and Super Bowl this. I just don't think you can say it like in an advertisement. Or you like, know what? Let's buy an advertisement and say Super Bowl in it. Let's see what happens. You have the money to buy an advertisement? Yeah, I can buy an advertisement somewhere. Somewhere. Local access on I, Chicago was, TV. Twitter's got to be asking for money at this point, right? Can I just get a Twitter ad where I just say Super Bowl over and over again? Yeah, Elon Musk is getting all the money from the white supremacist accounts, so he's good. (laughs) Proud Boys are funding him. We could get out on that, too. Um, (laughs) Here, let me see real quick. Hey, since we're doing, like, ridiculous amounts of segues, you can't really see that. You see my my background? I'm not sad anymore. I'm just tired of this place. By the Wonder Years, for people who don't know. Uh, it's not staying in anyways. Not the or TV well, show. One of the two. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Ad media. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. It's out of I'm just going to insert this picture of Cliff Kingsbury. 
I just need something. Mm. Confirm. All right. We have the tweet. Oh, I, I get to set my budget for these ads? <laughs> yeah, I guess to lower the budget, the less traction. Like, well, it's not pushed out as much. Well, at $100, with a date range of 13 days, it's saying mm-hmm. I can reach 108 million people. No, I'm calling bullshit on that. 108 million people? I'm just saying, we could get in here, get an ad where we just say Super Bowl a bunch of times. 108 million people. We could, or we could actually advertise our website. There's a crazy idea. (laughs) Fucking corporate shill over here. I'm an artist. Mike. Do you want to talk about the Super Bowl? Or do you want to keep searching ad purchase prices? We can go ahead and talk about it. What the fuck is this podcast, man? San Francisco 49ers. Kansas City Chiefs playing in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 58. Mm. Currently line set at San Francisco minus one and a half. Opened at two and a half. Down to one and a half. Over under 45 and a half. That's been pretty steady. Mike, give me your initial gut reaction Monday before the Super Bowl. Let me hear a three-word, eh, five to seven-word synopsis of how this game's going to go. And then we'll talk about some narratives. Patrick Mahomes' dad got arrested for a Dewey. <laughs> you know what's so funny? I was talking with my dad about this today. I was texting yeah. about it, and I was like, okay, A, a Dewey, just about, like, one of the more heinous, nonviolent crimes you can commit, in my opinion. What's the difference between a driving under the influence and driving while intoxicated? I don't know. Okay, I'll Google <laughs> but, it while you're talking. Um, my thought on that was... When I read it, I was like, this is such, like, a selfish act, like, driving while drunk. Like, you have chosen to value your own comfort and convenience over other people's lives, potentially. That being said, I think it sucks that this is a national media story. I don't think this should be any of our fucking business. I think that this is a bad moment in Patrick Mahomes Sr.'s life, and it should not in any way be infiltrating the ears and eyes of sports fans. It's so fucking stupid that this is a national story, and it's just such like a bastardization of media. Like, this isn't news. This doesn't change anyone's life outside of Patrick Mahomes Sr. and his family. But for some reason, all us dumbass sports fans get a notification from Bleacher Report or check ESPN and see the story, and now we know. We're aware of one of the darkest moments in this guy's life, probably. Yeah, I mean, not to sit up in my ivory tower, but saying the uh, <laughs> like news media has been in a stark decline <laughs> in our, throughout our generation is not a hot take. Uh, according to Forbes.com, this little expert that popped up when I Googled it, it says DUI could mean driving under the influence of alcohol, alcohol, <laughs> alcohol, or it may mean driving under the influence of drugs. The drugs could be over-the-counter, prescription, or illegal. DWI, on the other hand, may mean... I like how they put may, like they don't fucking know. May mean driving while intoxicated or driving while impaired. So I don't, I guess DWI is they no don't know what you're on. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> well, DUI, they don't know what you're on either. They're like, oh, hey, they he's, he's under the influence of something. Magic, <laughs> we believe. I'm sure they, they sussed it out. <laughs> so you want to talk narratives or you got any more thoughts on? Narratives. Okay, so... On the Chiefs' part... I have, like, six of these written down, so if you're just going off the cuff, I can go first. Okay, fine. You go first. <laughs> yeah, there you go. First off, and I think probably the headline narrative here, Mahomes going for his third Super Bowl in six years. Mike, here are QBs who have won at least three Super Bowls. Tom Brady, Terry Bradshaw, Joe Montana, Troy Aikman, Errol Morrell. Or Earl Morrell. One of the two. Excusing Mr. Morrill here, since I have uh, no fucking idea who he is. Aikman, Montana, Bradshaw, Brady. Mahomes winning this third Super Bowl immediately puts him in a conversation with, like, household name caliber career quarterbacks. And Terry Bradshaw. If if I had a, like, if I was the producer of, like, a first take or, like, some TV sports talk show, and set, like, everybody's going to be like, Mahomes, Brady, and all that. I I would spin it and be like, Mahomes or Bradshaw? <laughs> <laughs> That's the real question. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Do you think of Aikman as an all-time quarterback? 
right? Why is that? The guy won three Super Bowls, and both you and I are like, eh, take him or leave him. I like him. Why? Hey, he seems like a douche. <laughs> you, for someone who preaches, like, you know, I don't know, mental health and acceptance and mm-hmm. all of these these things about being, like, woke and forward-thinking, you're so fucking judgmental of every goddamn current and past athlete. No. You hate Travis Kelsey and Troy Wrong. Aikman just because you think they look douchey. First of all, I feel like I can shit on all the white men in the world. Now, if Troy Aikman came out and he talked about his mental health struggles, I'd be a lot more sympathetic. Um, okay, at, so someone has to have anxiety for you to care no, about them. I'm just Got saying, at, I know, I'm not saying him as a person. I'm just saying at face value, when he comes on the screen, I'm like, yeah, he kind of looks like a douche. <laughs> so you just standard don't like him. Okay, in my defense, he's the former quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. No one likes the Cowboys unless you're a Cowboys fan. You love Tony Romo! Well, because that's because we never gave him the credit he deserved. And you love Terrell Owens! That's because he's the greatest wide receiver of all time. He's a douche! He's we know not he's a, a douche. How dare you? How we dare know you? he's a douche. He's had so many locker room problems. Oh, don't even start me with locker room problems. What he did would be like a drop in the bucket, not get a headline today compared to the shit that is actually getting out about athletes. Like, okay, we're all going to sit here and talk about how awesome Tyreek Hill is. What he did is a lot fucking worse than T.O. being like, hey, McNabb, move your fat ass when we're trying to win a Super Bowl. It's a little bit different. A little bit different. But the Terrell guy got Owens kicked is off like is... four teams. He did get kicked off. You know you a lot of wide receiver ones name. who play for five different NFL teams in their prime? How many? Uh, just Terrell Owens. I won't sit on this podcast and listen to you disrespect the good name of T.O., my favorite football player of all time. <laughs> Former Dallas Cowboy. You just don't like you just don't like Troy Aikman. That's fine. It doesn't have to be about the Dallas Cowboys. It could just be That's Troy true. Aikman. That's yeah. like Troy Aikman. Maybe it's because he's teamed you up with hate, Joe Buck for so long. Yeah, you also hate Joe <laughs> Buck for no reason. No. A little condescending. We'll know it all. And we're not. We're on a podcast <laughs> talking about fucking sports. Like when's the last time you played sports? <laughs> That's not the point. The funny part is, I feel like everybody who says they don't like Joe Buck, it's because they think he hates their baseball team, and I don't really yeah. give two shits about baseball. Yeah. You're the only guy on earth who doesn't like Joe Buck and also doesn't care about the Yankees. Oh, the Yankees are the only team I keep tabs on. Maybe that. Like, if the Yankees announced that they were moving the team to Vancouver, scale from 1 to 10, how much would you care? I would be, I would kind of care because that would be ridiculous to move your like biggest, most profitable franchise <laughs> to fucking Vancouver. But also, with the Yankees, it's like, oh, Yankees are going to win a championship. But it's like, all right, cool. We have 27. <laughs> Baseball is so fucking broken, man. Yeah. That's why you can't care about it. It's like, at least we have the Lakers and the Celtics in basketball. I hate both of them. <laughs> Just kidding. I actually don't hate the Lakers. Call me. Cause not, yeah, because they're West. <laughs> Start with Western Conference. Is she married? Do we know? I don't know. I Is it a happy don't. marriage? Is <laughs> <laughs> she looking for a consort? Um, yeah. The other day, I was looking at like my file organization, my desktop, and I was like, why the fuck do I keep all these old town loans? And it's purely because at some point, I want to make a super cut of you trying to bang Jeannie Bus. <laughs> I'm just saying, if she has an Ashley Madison account, I would prefer to know. <laughs> <laughs> Life's short. Have an affair. <laughs> with a with a broke ass podcaster having a fair genie bus. So my second narrative. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have a slumping Brock Purdy against an elite Chiefs defense. Right now, the Chiefs defense is fifth in EPA per play on the season. They slump near the end of the regular season, but in the playoffs, they're number one overall. In EPA per play allowed. Purdy is fifth in the playoffs in EPA plus completion percentage over expected. Mike, let me ask you something. How many quarterbacks do you think played in the playoffs? <laughs> I'm going to go on a limb here and say 14. You fucking nailed it. This yeah. guy. This guy knows ball. 14 <laughs> played. 
Yeah. Which means he's in the bottom nine in the playoffs. <laughs> it's not like a phenomenal place to be for your Super Bowl caliber quarterback. And this Chiefs defense, they like I said, number one overall in EPA per play. They're terrible against the run. So they're just fucking doing that against the pass, man. They're killing teams on the pass. Yeah. So what is this, what's this game going to look like for Purdy? He's been so bad recently. <laughs> His best play was by throwing a ball off of a defender's visor. That's it. That and running. Those are the only two things he's done. I mean, you don't have to sell me on anti-Purdy talk because <laughs> I'm all about it. Um, I guess the big thing is like how big of a day is Christian McCaffrey gonna have? Ah, that's another one of my my narratives, Ooh. which is will this be the most run heavy Super Bowl in twenty years? No. <laughs> <laughs> so San Francisco's defense on the season ranks twenty seventh in rush EPA per play allowed. Kansas City's ranks twenty eighth. In the playoffs, these are two of the bottom three teams in rush EPA per play. Then on the other side of the ball, San Francisco is second in rush success rate this season and has the best rush EPA on offense in the playoffs. So I ask you again, Mike, will this be the run heaviest Super Bowl since 2003? No, both of them are going to try to zig when you think they're going to zag and go to the air. That's what they always say. When in your most difficult game, lean into your weaknesses. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes' big fat ego won't be able to handle it. Patrick Mahomes has been the checkdown king all playoffs. Reed's gonna Reed's gonna call a passing play. Or whoever's calling their offense, but it's basically Reed. It's Reed. <laughs> yeah. So he's gonna call like a, a run play, and every time Mahomes gonna come to the line and audible. <laughs> it's like me playing Madden. Speaking of running at Super Bowls, this is just like a random point because I don't know if you know this, but today is the seven-year anniversary of, I'm so sorry, as a man whose team's head coach is now Dan Quinn, but today is the seven-year anniversary of the 28-3 comeback. (laughs) Brady got the MVP there, but I kind of think James White was robbed. James, he he gave James White his truck that he won for winning the MVP. He was like, James White should win this. Yeah, I'm going to give you my truck. Yeah, I was watching like someone posted it on x.com from you know swear it was like the highlights of the comeback and i was like oh man james white fucking monster in that game he must have won mvp and i looked it up and i was like fucking tom brady won mvp there we'll talk about this more on the props pod this is your opportunity to bet non-quarterbacks for stuff is is super bowl mvp like just fucking anyone can win it man Fucking Julian Edelman won it a year. Vaughn Miller won it one year. Just be out there betting whatever the hell you want, and there's a chance you get it right. So you're saying I should put money on Kadarius Tony Super Bowl MVP? Ah, you have stumbled in to another one of my narratives. Well, I swear to be, I swear to God, everybody listening, we did not plan this. <laughs> another one of my narratives: weapon disparity. Mm-hmm. Which is an elite name for a narrative. Here are the Chiefs' weapons. 34-year-old Travis Kelsey. Mike, quick, 30 seconds on Travis Kelsey. 15 seconds. Eight seconds on Travis Kelsey. Uh, Douchebag. Ugly girlfriend. (laughs) Whoa. Ugly. Ugly. (laughs) I know you're not, like, into Taylor Swift, but ugly? Everything about her is too long. <laughs> like Slender Man. She's Slender Woman. <laughs> that one really broke you. <laughs> I did not expect you to call Taylor Swift Slender Woman. That's all. Yeah. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, Clyde Edwards Alaire, MVS, Rasheed Rice, Justin Watson, and maybe Kadarius Tony. Did I miss anyone that you think is important to the Chiefs passing offense outside of the quarterback? No. The 49ers. Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. I wrote I wrote 
instead of writing instead of writing George Kittle, I wrote Travis Kelsey again. <laughs> it really broke me for a second. Chris McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, and Juwan Jennings, who I know isn't a big weapon, but he's kind of taken the CJ Gardner Johnson mantle as dude who just gets into fights during games for some reason mm-hmm. now. So Juwan Jennings is gonna get like fucking I don't know. Chris Jones tossed out of the game or something at some point. Real, he's a real, real Draymond Green for the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, he's going to start swinging on people. He's going to put the tall sky in a chokehold. Kick you know someone what? in the balls and cost him a championship. Like, watching that clip back, how the fuck did Draymond Green get his elbow into Rudy Gobert's throat? Rudy Gobert's like four inches taller than Draymond. <laughs> Still a little hop. A little yeah. jumping elbow. Maybe Draymond should be starting to think about a UFC career after he's done. Maybe some prize fighting against one of the the Paul brothers, the brothers Paul. I mean, he's a big enough name that Dana White would be like, yeah, fuck it, I'll give you a million bucks, come to a fight. Who do you think is the smallest name Dana White would pay a million dollars to? Paul Giamatti. Oh my god, I would pay to watch that. (laughs) That feels like an Oscar movie waiting to happen. Do you think he would smell like fish during the fight? Oh, what a what a holdovers reference. But yeah, so the, there's a massive, massive weapons disparity going into this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you take the best offensive player on Travis Kelsey, you put him on the 49ers, 34-year-old Travis Kelsey, where does he rank amongst 49ers weapons? Fourth? Is he ahead of Kittle? Is he third? Uh, he might be a, he'll probably be three, I think, maybe ahead of, of Ayuk. I mean, it's kind of crazy when you look at the Niners and you list, if you were like going to list their weapons based on like importance or ability, whatever, however you want to put it, if George, like fucking Greg Kittle is Greg? fourth. Who's George Greg Kittle? Kittle. <laughs> you know what the funny part is, is I almost called him, called him George and in my head was like, oh, that's wrong. It's Greg. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. It's wild that. George Kittle is fourth on that list. All right, Mike, you ready for my next and final narrative? Wait, wait. Now I'm ready. Yeah. Go okay. Ahead. Uh, possible notable retirees. Mike, I'm gonna re- I'm gonna list off people, and I want you to set their odds that they retire. Okay. So this is the to retire. If there there was a bet to retire or not to retire, you are picking the to retire side and setting the odds there. All right. First off, Andy Reid. Mm. Plus 200. Travis Kelsey. Minus 110. That's assuming a win or just period? Assuming a win, yeah. Trent Williams. Ooh, I also do a minus 110. He's been playing for a minute, hasn't he? 35 years old. Yeah. And, of course, Isaiah Pacheco. <laughs> I didn't even have that one written down. Minus 500. <laughs> you got anyone else you think we have a potential Super Bowl and out? How old is George Kittle? Is that a crazy thought to have? 28, 29? Oh. Alexa, oh, no. how old's George Kittle? Here's what I found for you. <sighs> I will add it to your shopping list. <laughs> she, she did not hear me right because she said 54 years old. <laughs> Uh, he is 30. 30? Nah, maybe not. So I'll, I'll take him out of it. But then again, Travis Kelsey can't be too much older, can he? Travis Kelsey's 34. Okay, yeah, so he's definitely possible. And he's, he's, he's looked old this year. I just watched Heat yesterday. Mm-hmm. And there's... Great the, movie. You, you've seen Heat, right? Mm-hmm. So there's the climactic scene when Pacino's chasing De Niro through LAX. Which, first off, let me just stop to ask this question. What the fuck was De Niro's endgame running through LAX? <laughs> was he just hoping he could find the plane from the outside running around LAX? It, it's 9-11. It was pre-9-11, much less. <laughs> you, like, you know, you do whatever you the fuck said, you want. You almost said it was 9-11, which <laughs> would have been a crazy twist at the end of Heat. Michael Mann called it. <laughs> Al Pacino. Sorry. Wait. Quick spoiler alert for Heat. Yes. <laughs> Al Pacino shoots De Niro to death, and then turns mm-hmm. around, and there are just five Arab guys boarding a plane. <laughs> <laughs> but De Niro's, like, running across the airport, and I'm like, fuck, look at that guy move! 
Because last time I saw De Niro run was The Irishman. <laughs> he runs like he has a stick up his ass and he's trying to very hard to make not come out. Like, way off off track, but like 80% of the scenes in Killers of the Flower Moon, he's either A, sitting in a chair, or B, sitting in a car. <laughs> yeah. There must have been so much of that movie that they were like, all right, De Niro, we're going to have you walk from here to here. And he goes, can't do that. Nope. Nope, put me in a car. He's like, this is inside of a barn. All right, make it a car barn. Yeah, we'll drive it. Drive the car right in. But anyways, Travis Kelsey's kind of running like Irishman De Niro, not like Heat De Niro. Mm-hmm. Also, fucking Al Pacino. Al Pacino's getting those knees up, man, in that LAX scene. Oh, yeah. That guy is booking it. Hoo-ah. Booking it across that airport. <laughs> yeah. Wrong Al Pacino movie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but Travis Kelsey's moving, moving like Irishman De Niro at this point. He's still sitting down in zone coverage. He had 11 targets and 11 receptions mm-hmm. in the conference championship game. But that is an outlier, not the expected anymore with, with Travis, 34-year-old Kelsey. You know what? You, here's why you should like Travis Kelsey. Because Travis Kelsey shows us that you don't need to find love at 28 or 29 or 30. All yeah. you got to do is be incredibly handsome and rich. And you can find love with the most famous person on earth at 34. Like Jeannie Buss? <laughs> <laughs> you know Jeannie Buss did like a shoot where she had basketballs in front of her tits right I didn't know that <laughs> google Jeannie it Jeannie Buss basketball just, tits <laughs> I was gonna say just google basketball tits but you're already on <laughs> you <laughs> you can even see you can see more and if she was wearing just a standard shirt yeah not like you're there. Ewan the implication that she's naked under those basketballs. Imagine being the photographer there. That is the richest person you will ever photograph naked. Oh, yeah. Who's ri- it- I mean, Kim K was probably pretty rich, whoever photographed that. Remember, she broke the internet. She wasn't even though- that, though. I know, but she, like, showed some of her butt, and it was like, you know that you have a sex tape out there, right? <laughs> this is pretty tame. I just want to point out, that is not the second time in the history of town alone that's come up. That's not the second time this NFL season that's come up. That's the second time during the NFL playoffs <laughs> Is it really? that Kim Kardashian sex tape has come up on this podcast. Shout out, Ray J. Yeah, you can call him Ray <laughs> or you can call him Jay. That's a different Ray J. That was a great <laughs> cross Ray J joke. Nice. The fuck are we talking about? Well, you're talking about uh, Travis Kelsey retiring. Because he runs like Robert De Niro in The Irishman. If you're Mahomes, what are you thinking? Like, oh, there goes my last weapon, so... I am pulling whoever the GM of Kansas City is by the fucking necktie down, and I'm going, you trade up and get Malik Neighbors, or I'm walking. Or he's like, you drop the bag at T. Higgins' feet, or I'm walking. Ooh, there's a move. Get T. Yeah. Higgins in the building. T. Higgins is wide receiver one? Mm-hmm. Liking work. that. Liking that. Yeah. Could they trade for Stephon Diggs? <laughs> that would be a betrayal. He's. I'm just saying, Stefan Diggs just came out this week and said that he's uncertain about his future in Buffalo. Yeah. Expecting I mean, more with, of a reaction. You know we're on a podcast, right? Even if you're not feeling much or you're feeling with, a lot and trying to keep it in, you just got to fucking fake it, man. No, I, I feel dead inside most of the time of my life. <laughs> I mean, with Joe Brady staying on, I wouldn't be shocked if Diggs would be like, eh, if I get traded, not the worst thing. <laughs> But to go to Kansas City would be such a turncoat move. How could he do that, Sus? If there's a wide receiver who wants to play heel in the NFL, I don't know if there's one more than Stephon Diggs. Oh, yeah. He that guy wants the it. booze. Yeah. Yeah. Remember when he, like, at, who was it? I can't remember the team we were facing. Maybe in the Patriots. He scored a touchdown. He was like, you, 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 fuck you. Yeah. We need to figure out, at some point in their career, how to get Stefan Diggs and, uh, I, uh, oh my god, I almost called him Alshon Jeffrey. <laughs> Super Bowl winner, Alshon Jeffrey. Super Bowl winner, Alshon Jeffrey. Um, AJ Brown. We need to get Stefan Diggs and AJ Brown on the same team. Even if they're, like, old men, those guys have such vitriol for anyone who tries to defend them ever. Yeah. Like Fun note. AJ Brown toasted rookie uh, Emmanuel Forbes twice in a game and talk shit both times. Got a 15-yard penalty for taunting twice in that game. Yeah. <laughs> Your fun note? 
Oh, uh, Lane Kiffin told Alshon, if you don't read on Saturday, <laughs> Lane Kiffin once told Alshon Jeffrey that he would be pumping gas for a living if he didn't commit to Tennessee and instead committed to South Carolina. <laughs> and look how it worked out for Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah, I just love that story. Future Super Bowl winning <laughs> wide receiver. What team do you associate Alshon Jeffrey with? Um, Either Bears or Eagles, right? You There's like the only two. Uh, actually, I'd probably say Bears, actually. Yeah, I say Bears, too. Isn't that stupid? The what Bears. about Brandon Marshall? What's your Brandon Marshall team in your head? Oh, it just it's Bears because fucking it's smoking. It's Bears, too, right? Like, yeah. Why is that? Like, it should definitely be Broncos. No. Smoking Jay to Brandon Marshall? Unstoppable. I want to find the degenerate that says Jets for Brandon Marshall. <laughs> yeah. You see Le'Veon Bell wants to make a comeback? <laughs> okay, well, I want Genie Bus to call me. It's not going to happen, Le'Veon. <laughs> so, time to move on. <laughs> fuck's sake man i knew this podcast was gonna be weird but <laughs> all right call my, back my last narrative here go. or not quite a narrative but my last question uh-huh. for you will anyone who is more famous than taylor swift appear on camera during the super bowl no who's more famous than taylor swift donald trump <laughs> that would be wild that would be pretty crazy if he showed up. I mean, I mean, more people, if you ask them who's Joe Biden and who's Taylor Swift, I feel like more people would know Taylor Swift. Yeah, Taylor Swift's more famous than Joe Biden, but Trump might be the most famous person in the world. If For all the Trump wrong reasons. was at the game, would Fox, or sorry, would CBS show mm-hmm. him? Oh, that's a tough question, probably. What is the throw there? Like, you got Jim Nance and Tony Romo in the booth. And they're, you know, they show Tom Brady and Jay-Z and Taylor Mm -hmm. Swift. And then they cut to Donald Trump. What does it sound like in the booth for that moment? Uh, There's uh, former president, Donald Trump. (laughs) That was your Tony Romo? This is huge, Jim. (laughs) He's got a big caucus coming up, Jim. (laughs) Small hands, Jim. Smallest hands I've ever seen, Jim. (laughs) Small hands. Um... (laughs) <laughs> that would just be so crazy if trump was there i don't like would, all the all the, the people it would all the people who are like all the assholes i should say who are all upset about the kneeling would all of a sudden be like no nfl i gotta say i'm really liking the nfl now <laughs> yeah what if what if they cut to trump and he's next to kaepernick would that be <laughs> the most confusing image in the history of the human race if they were shaking hands yeah it'd be pretty fucking wild what if they were kissing all right, maybe jump the shark on that one. <laughs> if they were kneeling and kissing, it'd be wild. Getting into fanfic territory here. <laughs> oh, God. The weird, I, all right, I got to Google that later. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Do you have any narratives we didn't hit here, Mike? Do you have any narratives that you think you could one-up Donald Trump and Colin Kaepernick kneeling and kissing for? <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. I think that definitely was Apex Mountain for that conversation. <laughs> you uh, we're uh we're 40 minutes in you want to go ahead and make picks here sure that was me teeing you up for you to make your picks so, here if we look at the odds here it's a two and a half point spread uh one and a half uh i have FanDuel up right now it's two and a half it went back up to two i checked FanDuel at like noon and it was here, one and a half i'm refreshing i'm refreshing two and a half all right uh there's two and a half money line Niners minus 130, Chiefs plus 110. Here's the deal. Is, don't overthink it, people. If you think the Chiefs are going to win, don't take the two and a half. <laughs> like, if you, not even if you think they're going to win. If you feel good about the Chiefs covering the two and a half, just take them to win. <laughs> plus 110. Like, why in any world would you switch to minus 115 to take a plus two and a half points? On the other side... Like, if you think the Niners are going to win, just take the minus two and a half at minus 105. Like, there's no point. So, so you're saying don't bet the spread. It dep- If you're, if you like the Chiefs, take money line. Don't, like, try to play it safe and take the plus two and a half. If you like the Niners, take the spread minus two and a half. If you had to bet the spread, mm-hmm. you're taking Niners minus two and a half then? Yeah. PFF saying there's no value on the spread, so you're probably right. There. I, either way, they're saying limited value on San Francisco minus two at minus one ten, but you're you have it at two okay. and a half. So, 
Yeah. So you're giving up the two there. Mm-hmm. So you're what? Who's your pick to win? Oh God. Forty ers are a better overall team, but as we saw in the AFC Championship game, that just doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> we get to the playoffs, and you know the whole which team playoffs? is better. You get to playoffs, and which team is better? It just doesn't fucking matter. You know, any given Sunday, whoa, Al Pacino, Jamie Fox, he can't read the playbook, all that shit. Um, so, like, I fear deep down in my my soul that the Chiefs are going to win, but. As much as I want the Purdy stuff to stop, my hatred for Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey runs so much deeper that I'm going to pick the Niners. Taking the Niners? Mm-hmm. Official pick? Official pick. San Francisco 49ers. Mike Regan, town alone, takes mm-hmm. San Francisco 49ers and adds on to that a suggestion to bet. San Francisco minus two and a half. Minus 105 on FanDuel. Grab it now. Or wait. See if it goes down or gets to plus money. Yeah. Well, I was going to take the 49ers also, but just to cover our bases, I'll go ahead and take the Chiefs here. Coward. <laughs> I'll take the 49ers. I'll take the 49ers. That's a good point. Okay. The 49ers are the better football team. Right? Their defense isn't great, but they have so many offensive weapons. And at some point, at some point, Mike, in the playoffs, it has to catch up to the Chiefs that their one receiver, their number one receiver is Rasheed Rice. Yeah. <laughs> like... If you're a Chiefs fan, and part of your calculus going into this game is that you're hoping Kadarius Tony plays, mm-hmm. you should be fucking worried about this game, man. I feel like if you're a 49ers fan, you're hoping that Kadarius Tony plays. <laughs> <laughs> that way he can line up off sides and ruin the game. Yeah. Do you feel good about that win still? Or because you guys lost to them in the divisional round, it doesn't matter anymore? I don't want to talk about it. Okay. I'm on to, as Bill Belichick would say... We're on to the NFL draft. (laughs) (laughs) You hoping that your team drafts a quarterback? No, I'm not, because we have the greatest one in the league. Most total touchdowns this season. And most interceptions. Led the league in a lot of categories. I bet you that's wrong if you look it up now. Look it up? No, ESPN, I don't want for the postseason, you fucking jabronis. All right. Most interceptions in the league. Moment of truth. Ha! Josh Allen's two at 18. Guess who was number one? Tua Tungavailoa. Sam Howe with 21 interceptions. <laughs> what? 21? <Yep>. 21? Uh-huh. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Sam. Getting replaced by another North Carolina product. Well, probably not, but we'll get to that in a minute. What about the over-under, Mike? Where are you feeling? 47 and a half. God, does that seem low? Has there been something about the the Chiefs games in recent memory that inspires hope <laughs> that they're going to hit an over? I mean, the game ends 28-21. Over hits. Yeah. Or the game ends 2017. <laughs> the under the over hits. Doesn't hit. Maybe because it's the Super Bowl, I'm hoping the over hits. That could be what it is. The over definitely hit last year, but it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like the Super Bowl has a lot of over I mean, you're talking about two weeks to prepare. Yeah. Remember when Rams, we used Patriots. to have the whole Andy Reid never lost after a bye thing, and that went away like a few years ago? I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, it was a thing a few years ago. Yeah, Rams, Patriots. Hit the under, solidly. Yeah. <laughs> Very much so. Well, there was, what, 16 points scored in that game? Something depressing like that. I was you working the... when that game was going on. No, we were at the apartment for that. Nope, I was working. Oh, uh, it must have been me and Marco. Yeah. Why are you working during the Super Bowl? I was working at Best Buy at the time. I remember like watching some of like late in the night. There was like no customers. I remember standing around watching the game on like some display TV. So where are you going? You going under or over? Hitting overs, hitting unders. That doesn't answer my question, Jamie. What would Big Cock Fox do? He'd go big. That's all he does. I'm taking the over. <laughs> I'm taking the under. All right. All right. I think the Chiefs' defense is really good, and Patrick Mahomes doesn't have any other weapons on the other side of things. I also think that the number is going to get bet up higher because this is going to be the game with the most action all year, mm-hmm. and people love to bet overs on stuff. Yeah. So maybe wait until, like, Friday. Take the under. Yeah, if that, if that like, over moves up some, then I'd be more inclined to go under. Like to 64? 
So like, moves up to 64. Would you feel inclined to bet the under? If it went up to like 47.6, I'd feel a little yeah. worried. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mike. All season, we've been doing all these specific predictions. Let's get in one more mm. with feeling. Your oddly specific prediction for the Super Bowl, Mike, is... Go ahead, Adam. Drop yours first. Mine. Okay. <laughs> mine, might, mine might be too spicy. Mine is one special teams touchdown. Ooh. One special teams touchdown. We get a special but teams touchdown in this game. You're not going to go... Are you not going to up it by picking which team? Nope. Coward. <laughs> what a coward. I picked special teams touchdown. What a coward. Um... Oddly do you think did you did, did you prepare a single oddly specific prediction ahead of I, time? I didn't all notice year? it was on the rundown. No, I didn't. I usually fly by the seat of my pants. You didn't check the fucking rundown. How about that? I did. I checked the rundown. I don't think you ever checked the rundown. I checked it. I checked. It. I'm in it right now. <laughs> Checking it as we speak. <laughs> Let's see what kind of spiteful oddly specific specific prediction. All right, game ends. KC has to drive, score a touchdown. I'm going to say tip ball interception by Fred Warner. Game match point, 49 Damn, calling a linebacker interception to mm-hmm. win the game. Yours was oddly specific. I'm an odd guy. Yeah, it's <laughs> definitely true. All right, we're going to come back on Thursday and have a giant props episode where we're just going to prepare props and talk about props and make prop bets. Mm-hmm. Did you have you any more some thoughts? Prop comedy as well maybe maybe do some prop comedy on an audio podcast a little carrot top hopefully talk less about al pacino and robert de niro hopefully wow <laughs> did you have any other super bowl thoughts mike that we didn't get to talking to me are you talking to me no i think i thought you were still doing pacino. i'm like that's fucking de niro you jackass <laughs> uh no i think we covered since we're gonna have such a sb heavy i don't know if we can say super bowl still i ran it by legal they're not sure um <laughs> Such a heavy SB podcast on Thursday. I think we're going to go ahead and move it along. All right, Mike. The only other thing I had to talk about this week was the coaching news that came out. We have a lot of coordinators hired in a lot of places. Notably, Cliff Kingsbury, who looked very much like he was going to get the Raiders job before withdrawing his name and immediately signing with the Washington Commanders. Commanders signed Joe Witt Jr., who was the linebackers and defensive line coach in Dallas underneath now head coach Dan Quinn and Cliff Kingsbury who is notably a bad coach to the offensive coordinator role not a great not a great cue up there Mike you didn't feel like that was an appropriate (laughs) dig no I I texted you yesterday because you were in the the throes of disappointment actually not disappointment you're more like just frustrated and angry (laughs) Um, it's more like Mike you're you're a man who's dealt with depression in the past oh yeah have you ever had those days where you can't find a reason to get out of bed and you're in this pit of despair mm-hmm. that has no ceiling or floor and the the motivation isn't there and you just wish that there was less light in your room and that maybe anyone in the world would text you but also not expect a reply? You're, you're describing me right now. What's your point? <laughs> That's what it felt like. When Cliff uh-huh. Kingsbury got signed, I'm not a man who deals with depression very often, but I've had, I've had the outside feeling of it mm-hmm. at that moment. I've had the limited experience that one day could lead a dark, to a dark path of heroin abuse and punk rock. That is wild. Cause you are one of the, like your mental health is very strong. <laughs> so for Cliff Kingsbury to bring you down to this level is just pretty, it's pretty wild. <laughs> It's the whole coaching cycle in yeah. general that has brought me to this point. Uh, I have no thoughts on Joe Witt Jr. Congratulations on having Micah Parsons, I guess. Mm-hmm. But Dan Quinn, really? We're running back White Ron Rivera, who has no winning experience without one of the best offensive coordinators of all time. By the way, a man who is currently playing in the, or coaching in the Super Bowl in Kyle Shanahan. The only time that Dan Quinn had any marketable success as a head coach and who do we bring in to support him on the offensive side of the ball well a guy under 500 in the league who couldn't even get any winning success with Heisman winning Caleb Williams as his quarterback 
the guy who couldn't get Kyler Murray to work outside of one season. Did you know that last season at USC, Cliff Kingsbury ran more than 96% of his plays out of the shotgun? This is the fucking NFL. Shotgun-based offenses do not work. He's running like 2007 shit. Where he wants to go with 10 personnel or 11 personnel and go three or four wide, empty sets, and just spread and shred? It's 2024. You can't do that anymore, Cliff. You can't just run fucking Randy Moss and Wes Welker out there and catch the league off guard because they've never seen this shit before. It's been a rough 48 hours for me, Mike. I can I can tell. I'm sorry. Um, I mean, I was going to say USC was 11th in yards per game and third in points per game. And his the losing record at USC was not because of him. It was because of Alex Grinch's terrible defense, and he should have got fired like four weeks earlier than he did. To be fair, that's all I'm saying. Did the offense performed better the year before. Let's see. When Caleb Williams won the Heisman. Oh, Caleb Williams won the Heisman. Heisman. <laughs> Jesus Christ. When they won, he won the Heisman, got access to the Heisman house. They were third in yards per game, and uh looks like they're probably going to be any moment now. Once again, third in points per game. So yeah, they're racking up more yardage. I mean, that's what if you're really concerned about that. <laughs> so Cliff Kingsbury came in uh-huh. and made the offense marginally worse. Yeah. Now you you had a gripe with the amount of eleven personnel he wants to run? Uh, uh light personnel, I guess I should say. Oh, okay. 10, well it doesn't help 11, you. Eleven twenty one. It doesn't help you that as far as first down goes, Carolina was second in the amount of eleven personnel they went. Yeah. A lot of the bad offenses are up there. It's pretty wild. It's unfortunate. It's 2024, man. The best Mm -hmm. offenses are going out there with these jumbo packages of elite offensive weapons. I mean, you look, look at, look at fucking Miami or San Francisco who are going out there in 22 personnel with guys that can both block and catch passes. And by the way, Mike, you're a Madden player. You enjoy you enjoy to partake in John Madden's passion projects. I do. What is the most valuable pl- pass play to call in Madden, or the most valuable pass play category? I need, I need a, a clutch first down. I'm going half back angle. Okay. <laughs> That's right. Play action. Oh yeah. Play action is marketably less valuable from shotgun. Because you don't turn your back on the defense. You can't hide where the football is. So linebackers aren't syncing up because they can just fucking look at where the ball is the whole play. They don't need to go forward to stop the run. They don't need to run fit at all. They can just wait and react. Because then also, you have a running back with no juice when he has the ball. He's getting the ball at basically a dead stop. And he's four to six yards behind the line of scrimmage. Versus when you run play action from under center, he's two yards from the line of scrimmage with a full head of steam, and the linebackers have to react post-fake or true handoff to where things are going to be. Yeah. That is why play action does not work out of the shotgun. Cliff Kingsbury, in his time in Arizona, was in the 23rd percentile. He called play action on 20... Sorry, not 23rd percentile. He called play action on 23% of dropbacks. Mm-hmm. Which was the 30th ranked team in the NFL. You had Kyler Murray and your 30th ranked to play action. Now, Kyler Murray can make shit work because he can move around on his feet and get going. So that brings us to the additional problem raised by this coaching hire, Mike. Mm-hmm. Drake May is now out of the question. No. Drake May does not fit a Cliff Kingsbury offense. They don't hire Cliff Kingsbury with the intent to draft Drake May. I think you're reaching there. Cliff Kingsbury calls shotgun mobile quarterback offenses. Drake May is an under center, left to right read, passing quarterback. Yeah, but he ran a lot out of the shotgun. I mean, it's college football. All these quarterbacks run a decent amount out of the shotgun. 
He's the, but he's going to be the third guy out of those top three quarterbacks in terms of who do you expect to be able to run a shotgun offense that involves quarterback running? Yeah, but I don't. I mean, Drake May. I think you're cutting him a little short. He's very athletic, sneakily athletic. Some would say. Yeah. <laughs> he could run. He can uh, run, but he fucking he not, run. He's, he's not fucking he run. He's not Jane Daniels, and he's not Caleb Williams. So that raises the question. Did they hire Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury with the intent of putting a 6'4 guy in there in an offense that doesn't quite fit his style or because they're going to overdraft Jane Daniels or trade up and pay assets to move up one pick to get Caleb Williams? I mean... Those are the three options, Mike. There's a little smoke to the fire when you consider where Kingsbury's last job was. And where was that? USC, as we've talked ah, about. Yes that he could possibly trade up to get Caleb. The only way this works out for Washington mm-hmm. is if Caleb Williams pulls the RG3 and just does an interview with Chicago or whoever trades up for the number one pick and yeah. says, I will not play for your team if you draft me. So don't draft me. And just go, like, refuses to do anything besides go to to Washington. That is the only way this works out correctly for Washington now that they've hired Cliff Kingsbury. I just can't imagine if, if they can't move up, it would be extreme negligence on the part of everybody in the commander's organization at two to not draft Drake may. Okay. We have an owner in his second season of owning an NFL team. Mm -hmm. We have a GM, Adam Peters hired fresh off the street, never been the general manager of a team before Mm -hmm. we brought in Dan Quinn, whose most famous moment as a head coach is giving up a 28 to three lead in the super bowl. Cliff Kingsbury, who was an under 500 head coach, and made the USC offense worse marginally to be the still worse. Didn't mm-hmm. make it better. Chip Kelly makes offenses better, at least when he goes to take over them. Have you watched UCLA football? No. What am I, a degenerate? <laughs> exactly. It's not pretty. Okay. But is it better than it was before Chip Kelly got there? I'd have to go back and look, but I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't. <laughs> but we bring in Cliff Kingsbury, who definitely made usc worse Mm. marginally (laughs) still worse so would it really surprise you if this entire organization so negligent that they take Jaden daniels at two that wouldn't surprise me if there's people in the front office selling everybody like hey kingsbury's oc Jaden daniels fits what he wants to do better Let's go Daniels too. That wouldn't surprise me. Not taking a quarterback there or like moving back and not getting a quarterback would shock me to wild proportions. Now, maybe you can be smart and be like, hey, we want Jane Daniels. This team wants Drake May. Let's see how we can move back a few spots. We can still get Daniels and get something in the process. That could actually be a win-win for you. Here's the thing, though. Mm -hmm. If you aren't, if you don't think Jaden Daniels is worth the number two pick and you're willing to risk it, is your evaluation of him good enough to believe he's a franchise quarterback? Oh, that's a very – oh, wow, you kind of – I had like a Keanu Reeves – whoa. <laughs> there, cause, yeah, because that's a, that's a very good point. If you don't think he's worth number two, do you really think he's the franchise guy? But that could also be like, we think he's a franchise guy, but based on the draft board, we actually think we can get something. We can still get our franchise guy and get something out of it. But if you think that he is a franchise guy, would you be willing to risk it? Like the trade pack is the trade back in that situation. is such an indictment of where this mm-hmm. team would think that that quarterback is because you're risking it. If you trade back, with even if you trade back with New England you're saying I'm okay with the third best quarterback in this draft (laughs) and if you go further back than that that you're saying I'm okay with risking not getting one of these top three guys you know first of all if you're New England you're like no I'm not trading up if you take Drake May or Jane Daniels I'll just get the other one if they're going to go quarterback also if you're Washington and you're like, we're going to trade back. You can't really go back farther than three. Because you think the team you're trading that's going to go up to two is going to take Drake May, and then New England may take Jaden Daniels, and then you're thumb up your ass. I don't I don't think we're looking at one, two, three being QB, but we'll have to see. 
the odds yeah. right now have they so they don't they don't have the third pick but for the first pick mm-hmm. the odds have minus 1200 Caleb Williams plus 700 Drake May plus 1600 Marvin Harrison Jr. Mm-hmm. So that's the odds right now for the yeah. number 1 pick. Let me ask you this question. If you were going to move up to 1 they want Caleb. Yeah. What would you be okay giving up to move up one spot? Sam Howell and a future seventh. I don't think that's going to get it done. I got to be honest. It's yeah. worth a shot. It's worth a shot. It's worth a shot. shot. All right. Uh, okay. So it's it's the Bears trading away. Mm. So in this scenario, I'm assuming that they are keeping Justin Fields. Yeah. So I am hoping that I can give them enough stuff to keep one and two. We're going Houston Texans on this. Mm. So let's go 25 first rounder. Bears mm-hmm. trade back and get another future first rounder. Both of our second round picks. And Terry, does that get it done? That could get it done, presuming Chicago doesn't have their heart set on Caleb or Drake May. Yeah. Yeah, if Chicago's keeping fields yeah. and they're willing to trade the number one pick, does a 25 first, two seconds, and Terry McLaurin get that done? I think it does because they're looking at it and they're like, hey, we got the ninth pick. We're still in the top 10 in this year's draft and we can load up next year. Like, what? Send it. But a lot of that just depends on, like you said, how in, like how sure they are on keeping Justin Fields. Okay, I'm trying it real quick. Mm-hmm. I'm trying it on PFF's mock draft simulator. Uh, all right, PFF says that's not accepted. On the Bears oh, part? I, okay. PFF is saying that is accepted. Oh, okay. In fact, they give it an 80% chance, so I can fucking lowball them. Taking away some stuff from you now, giving you oh that's three percent chance. Maybe I'm not lowballing you. <laughs> yeah, it looks like that's probably the best chance there. If you somehow pulled it off and got one and two, and you're walking out with Caleb and Marvin Harrison Jr., like that's what I'm saying. I I don't. There's very I don't even know. Like if you could go even higher on the trade package, and I'd be like, no, nah, it's not too bad. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, Williams and Marvin. Be, oh my god. I just did that. I did exactly that on uh on pff and they gave me an a plus for my draft <laughs> yeah i think so i think getting literally the top two players in the draft would probably get you an a plus it's like it's the houston texans but instead of taking instead of taking will anderson we're taking marvin harrison jr yeah we're taking one of the best wide receiver prospects we've seen since like calvin johnson fucking megatron man fucking megatron we should do a podcast during the off season. Mm-hmm. Where we just name old old players. We should get like fucking four people in here and just yeah. go round table. And just be like, let's just talk about old players. Talk about dudes. Like they have to be retired. That's the only qualification. It's yeah. a good idea. That was a good idea. I second it. <laughs> All right, Mike. That's everything I came up with. Oh, I uh, no, I, I think I covered everything. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's everything I covered. Was there anything else you want to hit on during this pod? Um. I don't think so. I don't think there are any other notable coaching move. No, I mean, it looks like Luke Getzey's going to go to Las Vegas, which is like, uh, oh, really? That guy? That's who you want? Yeah. I mean, you, you uh, think Leslie Frazier got hired somewhere as an assistant head coach? Yeah. Do you think uh, enemy gets picked up? I think he probably. Th- those Kansas City guys have a way to end up back there. Matt Nagy's the OC in Kansas City right now. So maybe mm-hmm. he'll go back there as like some kind of assistant. Matt Nagy's the OC. Yeah. Right. We we wonder why their offense is struggling. <laughs> it's so funny yeah. because I was <laughs> like thinking back to when they hired Eberflus. For some reason, I, in my head, I was like, "Huh, you went from like a conservative defensive-minded head coach to a conservative defensive-minded head coach," and then like a few years later, was like, "Wait, Matt Nagy was an offensive coordinator. He was just <laughs> bad at that. <laughs> he just wouldn't know it." <laughs> all right, a little shorter pod today, but that's all right because yeah. we're going to come back later, and we're only talking about one game, anyways. Yeah. You got any plugs on the way out the door there, Mike? Uh, yeah. Follow you confident. to find out all the awesome stuff I post on Talon.com. I am like three-fourths of a way through a brand new article that I'm going to be sending to Adam tomorrow. My editor, I mean. <laughs> to get the okay on. 
uh, I think it's a good article. I think it's going to help a lot of people out there in the world. So there's that. Follow me at Town Alone Mike. And that's about it. Follow me at Town Alone Adam. You can follow me on Threads, Twitter, and you can follow us at Town Alone on TikTok. Email us, townalonepod at gmail.com with your thoughts on who should go number two overall. If Washington trade up and pick at both number one and number two overall. And uh, send your Cliff Kingsbury hate mail. We're live on the air. Besides that, be sure to check out our League Pass watchability rankings. Those come out every Tuesday. We talk about the league at large in the NBA as well as what the best games in the coming week are. We have a new article coming out from Tyler Karkara soon. I'm giving notes on it today, so it should be out at some point later this week where he is talking about the Bears. Mm-hmm. Tyler Karkara is a Bears fan. With that, Mike, you got Super Bowl week shout-out? No. I got a shout-out right. for you, though. What's that? Cliff the Coxman Kingberry. <laughs> Kingsbury. Damn it! Coxman?